All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you on the Rebels 247 podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network and inside the Rebels here on a Tuesday morning edition of the show. Hope your day's off to a good start wherever you are. It's a good day. It's a big day. A lot of baseball going on today. The SEC baseball tournament is underway. Everybody will be watching that. Here locally in my neck of the woods, I'll be watching the high school state championship games for the MHSAA. That gets underway today. I've mentioned this ad nauseum. Northwest Rankin playing in that. Not till Wednesday, Friday night. Uh, my kid's slated to start Friday night. Hey, so be praying for, for my kid. And we'll see how that goes for him. Uh, we'll see what the weather does. Uh, the weather here, but also in Hoover, uh, we don't have good weather for the next three days. And I think the worst of it is supposed to be, at least here, supposed to be tomorrow. So I guess that's going to be rolling in about the same time over there in Hoover. So we'll see how that interrupts things for the Rebels as as they get ready to face Vanderbilt. We'll get into some of that here in just a minute. Uh, also recruiting news and, and some other sport news if we wanted to, to take a dive into it. You know, whether it's uh, the golf teams, the women, and what they're doing. I finished eighth at the NCAA Women's Golf Championships. Uh, as an individual, not as a team. I, I hate to even say the name, though, because I know I'm going to butcher it. Is it Tamberlini? Tiara Tamberlini? I hope I got that right. If I did not, then I apologize. I uh, shot a 200-par 70 in her fourth round, ended up in, in eighth place. So we've had that going on. Of course, the baseball about to, to, about to get going. Um, all SEC teams were announced yesterday. And we had Tim Elko and Jacob Gonzalez made it. Jacob Gonzalez, the first team shortstop. We could get into a debate on the best shortstop in the last 20 years. Let's just make this the Mike Bianco era. And where Jacob Gonzalez stacks up there. There have been some good ones. Uh, there have been some great ones. You know, Zach Cozart, for my money, would be very hard to beat. And look, Jacob Gonzalez doesn't benefit from this yet. We got to see what Cozart did as a pro. You know, played in the major leagues for a long time. I'm assuming he's out now. Is he out now? I can't remember the last time I thought of Zach Cozart. Yeah, I'm going to use Google. Makes everybody sound really smart. His last year, he might still be there. No. Nope, been out for a couple of years now. Played forever for Cincinnati and his last two years in Anaheim in, um, in 2018, 2019. How about these career numbers? He did hit 87 home runs, 247 lifetime batting average, drove in 305. I mean, he had a nice career. Played nine years in the bigs, was a solid shortstop. Best year. When, where was his best year? In Cincinnati. At age 31, he hit – I got to sneeze here if that hits me. <laughs> Excuse me. I apologize. Sorry about that. And uh, in 2017, hit 297, 24 bombs that year, 63 RBI. I'm not going – is it RBI or is it RBIs? 
the truth is I, I say RBI because of peer pressure, but I want to say it's RBIs. It's runs. I know runs bad at ends RBI, but it's its own thing, isn't it? I think it's RBIs. I think I'm going to go RBIs, but that's a big year. I am not checking the financial part of this, but I'm going to guess that netted him a significant pay raise, 24 bombs, 63 RBIs. For my money, that's your best Rebel shortstop in the Mike Bianco era, but there have been a bunch of them. And now Jacob Gonzalez can add his name to the list. First team, all SEC, not an easy task to pull off. Tim Elko, second team at first base. And then Hunter Elliott, and look, and I can kind of gloss over that. Tim Elko had an unbelievable career. Um, unbelievable career. And going to hate to see him go. Just a, just a great, great player and seemingly from the outside, a great, great person. As, as he wraps up his Ole Miss career, there have been few better than that dude. And then also Hunter Elliott makes the All-SEC squad. Only 13 guys make that. And then I'm reading the paragraph on him. And he put up numbers this year. I know that he's not the Friday night guy, but as a freshman, a 3.29 ERA, seventh lowest in the SEC. He ranked 11th in strikeouts in the league with 74. He was seventh in strikeouts. Looking 214 opponents batting average. That was seventh in the SEC also. And twice this year, he was SEC freshman of the week. Hunter Elliott had himself a year. And, you know, we'll see what his career looks like going forward. But I mentioned this maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, if we started doing a ranking of best freshman pitchers all-time Ole Miss history, like he's on that list. He'd, he'd definitely be on that list. But he put together a year. Not as many wins, but that's, that's less to do about him and just the kind of year that Ole Miss ended up having this year. Just, just one of those years. But he's been big um, – Big, especially coming down the stretch. All right, now, before I get to the rest of the baseball with Vandy looming and what they're going to see there and the chances of pulling off the upset, some recruiting news that I did want to jump into real quick. There were a couple of offers that went out yesterday, and I was able to track down um, a few kids also during the day. None of this is just earth-shattering news, but just kind of keep you up to date kind of stuff. I put up a story early this morning for DJ Holmes. A lot of these offers have been 2024 and 2025 kids. This is a 2023. So we're talking about a guy going into a senior year. He is not a highly ranked recruit right now. He's out of uh, South Florida. But in terms of production, I pulled it up and and I've reached out to him to see if I can get some quotes from him for a story this morning. But uh, stuff I put up was more about the offers, who's offered him, um, the production that he's had, he had 22 and a half sacks last year. And he was the Sun Sentinel defensive player of the year as a junior. He's 6'3", 230. I'm guessing they're recruiting him as a defensive end. But from what I've at least gathered, watching a little bit of film on him, and then what some of the other quotes and stories in the network have on him, you know, the possibility is there that he could be a big linebacker. But I'm guessing that he's, we list him as an edge rusher. So I'm guessing that's where he'll play. Um, he was leaning towards 
And uh, I found one article he just did with Georgia Tech. And he said his leaders at the time were Georgia Tech, Central Florida, Louisville, and Pittsburgh. That was last week. Now Ole Miss has, has thrown their hat in the ring, and we'll see how that changes things with him. But um, he's only the number 119 player in the state of Florida. But in terms of production and that kind of stuff, like he has. So we'll see what happens with him. And again, that's a 2023 kid. That's not somebody on down the road. Um, I was also able to get in touch with Corian Gibson yesterday. That's the 2024 safety out of Texas that was offered last week, a speedster, more of a track guy, but very productive on the football field. I'm always, I'm always going to be nervous about this, especially with NIL right now. Jimbo Fisher's name is, is all over the place. He can't, he just can't be quiet, but it's this NIL thing. And that's Texas A&M. That's a Texas school. And look, we all assume NIL is going to be a boon for the state of Texas because there's a lot of money over there. So I'm always a little leery about the chances of pulling a kid out of Texas, even though Ole Miss, A, has had a lot of success over there, and B, they have managed to to be competitive with NIL dollars. Um, He told me that he was interested in Ole Miss, that he does plan to take a visit. And if you look at his offer sheet, like it's it's like five star quality or borderline right there. He's the number one hundred and fifty seven player in the country in the twenty four class. So he will have plenty of options out there where he wants to attend college. But just to get him on campus and get a visit would be big. And at least that's what he shared with me. He wasn't in a hurry, and that he was interested in the Ole Miss offer and did plan to visit. So we'll see what happens there. And if they follow up with him, um, I had another question on the board and I'm trying to remember it here. If I can find it real quick, y'all bear with me. Somebody hit me up this morning asking me what I thought about a particular player. And I think it was in David's notes from yesterday. And I did not have a great answer for it. And I'm not seeing it. I cannot remember this player's name. Let me check the board real quick, and then we're going to move on to a little bit of baseball. See if I can see this guy's name before I move on because I'm just – I'm completely drawing a blank of who it was and uh, and my thoughts on him. Yeah, that's that's on my bad. I'm going to find that later. Dang it. Now that bothers me. That's going to bother me all day about this particular player somebody was asking me about. And it's not that I didn't like Ole Miss's chances on him. It's not that at all. It's more a situation of, you know, right now with NIL, I'm going to be cautious with with any opinions, if that makes sense right now. You you don't know. Like, even when you think you're going to get somebody, you don't know. Um, It was Daniel Demery. Thank you. I finally saw that. And uh, I don't want to say that they don't have a good chance. It's my understanding they do have a really good connection with that kid. Um, at the same time, like I said, he, he, I'm, I don't know if you really ever really know anymore with NIL. So, and then, you know, and, and I know it's my job to make prognostications and we have to keep doing that kind of stuff because you want to know where somebody's going, but look like the, the Dante Dowdell thing. I really thought everything pointed towards him staying here. And that's what I was hearing. And then of course, if I'm saying things like that and it doesn't go that way, that's my name that's out there that looks foolish. And this is a Texas kid. I'm just, I think right now I'm always going to be nervous on a Texas kid, depending on how bad the Texas schools want him. So we'll see what happens with him. Yeah, I think there's a lot of interest in Ole Miss. 
And that's, again, another 2023 kid out of Dallas who is a big prospect, um, would be a, a big-time defensive back addition to the class for next year. So we'll see where that goes. So I don't want to act like they don't have a good shot at him. Um, it's just the NIL world and, and me right now. I'm just I'm almost skeptical of everybody. Now, that, I think that about wraps up in terms of the recruiting, anything that's pressing. With the baseball later today and going forward, like I'm not going to get into coaches' futures, and I, I just I don't want to get into that right now. I don't want to get into that right now because the baseball team is in the SEC tournament, and I'm going to stick with what I've said all year. If, if fans are going to rail on the postseason, and I 100% get that. I really do. I understand that. But if it's all about the postseason, then let's let the postseason play out. If that's the big thing and it's not the regular season, well, then let's don't overdo it about criticism of what just happened, and let's wait and see how the, the postseason plays out. Now, they got an awful draw with Vandy right out of the gate. That's the problem with when your regular season doesn't go great. You have a tougher road to hoe. And you made your bed, you got to live with it. But they're going up against a Vandy team that's RPI, I think, number five or number six in the country. Ole Miss sitting right now number 36. And I would assume they're going to sit similar to that win or lose today. But they have to win to advance. And uh, like I said, even though Vandy is a number eight seed in the tournament, uh, that's not a that's not an eight seed. Their arm that they're throwing today, I cannot remember the kid. I just know he's a stud. I have a bunch of pitcher names bouncing around my head right now. But uh, the guy that they're going to throw out there is, I'm assuming they're going to throw out there, is legit. So we'll see what happens there. With Dylan DeLucia and what he's been able to do at the end of the year, like I think they have a shot against anybody. And Vandy has lost games this year. Um, Carter Holton, left-hander for, for Vandy, he's been big for them. Seven and three, 342 earned run average, 86 strikeouts and 68 innings. But like I said, that's the bed you made this year. And, you know, you got to sleep in it. But hopefully they go on a run here. They swing it today. They get the SEC tournament started off on the right foot with a huge win over Vandy. First pitch for that is scheduled for 430. Hope you guys have a great day. Enjoy some baseball this afternoon. Get some work done before then. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. This is Chris Brooks with the Rebels 247 podcast on the 247 Sports Network and inside the Rebels. Y'all have a good one.